Hey, Shakes Pals, coming at you today with a special episode. We do not have a guest on today, but we do have guests in spirit. Uh, We're going to be talking about my favorite Shakespeare podcasts and which Shakespeare characters I think would listen to those podcasts. Basically, as the year wraps up, we just had our Spotify wrapped, and it's so exciting to see friends share out their uh, fun stats and to see people listening to their shows. But I think... As content creators, we all can always use a little bit of an extra boost, extra support. So if you are here listening to this Shakespeare podcast, chances are you're in the market for other Shakespeare podcasts as well. So I'm really excited for this style of episode, and I hope you are too. Thank you again for Al coming on last week to argue uh, which Shakespeare character or which Shakespeare play would be the best reality TV show. What a fun episode, and congratulations to Al for winning with their pick of Midsummer Night's Dream. Definitely would be a must-watch. So that's all I've really got for you. Remember to like, share, follow, review, rate, subscribe, all those all those things. Visit us online at P2M Pod on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Also, patreon.com slash P2M Pod. This is, this is going to be a fun little roundup, so I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. Okay, so today we're doing something a little different and we are going through my favorite Shakespeare podcast. This is not a comprehensive list by any stretch of the imagination and all of the links to all of these podcasts and their socials will be in the show notes. So if there is a particular character that you identify with and you're like, oh, if that character would like this show, then I might like it too. I really encourage you to check it out, follow, listen, do all of those things to help support these shows because their creators are really wonderful. And I love everything that they're doing. So we want to boost it as much as we can. So I'm going to take this in two different sections. The first, we're going to talk about our dual host podcasts, and then we're going to talk about our interview structure podcasts. So I've got a couple on each side, and I'm just really excited to dive right in. So... The first one we're going to talk about is Not Another Shakespeare Podcast, which is hosted by Nora and James, and they tag themselves as the podcast that takes neither itself nor Shakespeare seriously. Now, Not Another Shakespeare Podcast is really funny to me because when I first started listening to it, I told Mike, my husband, I was like, oh, you have to listen to this show. It's called Not Another Shakespeare Podcast. And he was like, are are, are there that many Shakespeare podcasts that they had to name it not another one? Because our other show is one of our other shows is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And there is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called not another D&D podcast because yes, there are hundreds, if not thousands of actual play D&D podcasts out there. So it's just such a normal naming convention for a podcast for us. But he was so surprised that a Shakespeare show would have needed that distinction. And as I was kind of going through building this list, I was really surprised at how many good shows there are, but that the the market, I guess, of, of Shakespeare podcasts really isn't that saturated. There are, I think, 12 on my list today that I listen to fairly regularly. And that 
it's not a massive number. It really is a small niche community. And the fact that we have so much good content and that we can keep up with all of it, I think is something that, I mean, I feel really lucky for. But back to Not Another Shakespeare podcast. So Nora and James take each show and they go through an episode or two. Sometimes they've got guests on and Nora kind of summarizes. Nora is a Shakespeare scholar and uh, James is touted as a husband slash theater skeptic. And they go through each play while James kind of gives his thoughts and reactions to what's happening in the play. It is super wholesome, really funny, and it takes some criticism of Shakespeare to a really thoughtful level. There's banter, it's smart, it's funny, but they're pointing out some of these things from this modern lens. You know, if someone is hearing a plot point for the first time, James is like, they did what? Like, that's just straight up gaslighting. And being able to have those modern reactions is really interesting to experience it kind of real time from an outside perspective. Some of us who have been reading Shakespeare for a long time or grew up with it, we just kind of have those. It's not until you say that out loud that you're like, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not great. Um, and they really do a good job, like I said, of thoughtfully criticizing the the shows. They also have a misogynometer, which is their rating of how misogynist the play is at the end of each episode. And it is incredible. It's really important to be pointing these things out and to have that in a very funny show at the same time. I love it. 10 out of 10. Every show on this list is a 10 out of 10, so I'm just not going to rank them. But <laughs> that's that's my free ranking for the start. So who do I think would listen to Not Another Shakespeare podcast? I think that Lear's Fool is the best candidate for this show because you take that mixture of thoughtful criticism that Lear's Fool has and, you know, he he says some things to Lear that are very, very true and very, very critical of Lear. But he's able to play them off effortlessly with humor, with a wholesome um, acknowledgement that that he really, truly cares about Lear. And so he's not going to be you know punished for it. Right. No matter how much Lear rants and raves. But he he has this position where he can be honest and truthful and critical, but still a really lovable character. So not another Shakespeare podcast. I think that Lear's Fool would be a massive fan of. All right. The next show is This Shakespeare is Gay, hosted by Haley and Emma. It is a mix of thoughtful and silly. It's just taking a new, fresh approach to each Shakespeare play. So basically, they go through each play. They are described as a director and a scholar making the case for why each and every Shakespeare play is a little bit gay. And they are. I mean, every single play, there's so much to talk about. And there's so much interesting perspective that I had never had before, even though this is something that I think about quite often. So one of my favorite things about this show is that if you are an actor, if you are a director, if you are a scholar, it kind of opens your mind to all of the things that are said in the script, but like how much more is happening beyond the words. So if you are trying to look into these moments, these relationships, these power dynamics between characters, This Shakespeare is Gay is a perfect show to 
help you kind of get a jump start on reading into things that, you know, we've read this speech the same way for 400 years, but what if we took a little bit of a different approach? What if we took this uh, war-fueled relationship and read a little bit more deeply into what that power and what that uh, dynamic looks like. So it's such a great way to uh, just look at things from from a new angle. So the Shakespeare character that I think would really appreciate this show is super on the nose at first glance, but I promise there's more to it. And it's Mercutio. And it's not just because it's Mercutio. But I think that I really admire the way that people who can pun like that their brains work because I I can't I can't do it my brain just does not like compute puns or make them and I think that the way that Mercutio takes everything that is said to him and his brain is like a computer that calculates all of the different responses possible and all of the different ways that you can dissect every single word that was just said to him and spits back out a joke immediately I I think that's kind of what this podcast does is it takes the words on the page and it spits them back out in a way that brings new fresh life to them. And so I think besides the fact that it's it's Mercutio, I think that uh, there's a lot of the the wit and intelligence and uh, looking further, looking beyond the text and being able to use that to make decisions and have ideas and thoughts and insights that weren't necessarily uh, covered for a very, very long time. Um, so yeah, I think that Mercutio would love this Shakespeare's gay. Okay, next up is a podcast that is currently on hiatus. I'm I'm hoping it comes back. I'm not 100% sure if they have plans on bringing it back, but y'all reach out, let them know that you want it back once you've listened because it is This Wooden O hosted by Daniel Kemper and Montgomery Sutton. And this is a show that is so comforting and encouraging for theater makers, not just of Shakespeare, but across the board. So they describe this as a place to drink, nerd out, and solve the world's problems one guest at a time. And it's the official ramblings of Queens, New York-based theater company, Rude Grooms. And I know they have another show where it is called uh, Shaken Not Speared, uh, where they're doing like an office-style version of A Midsummer Night's Dream, which sounds hilarious and I haven't gotten a chance to listen to yet, but is on my list of, of things to dig into in the new year. But the thing that I love about this wooden O is that it is so it's like a little cheerleader for anyone who's been in the theater industry because it goes from it, it, they have guests on and they talk about theater from all different angles and all different kinds of creators. And they're so supportive and they talk about really interesting, important things in the world of theater but with just like a kind and empathetic and comforting. Comforting is the the word that comes to mind when I think about this show overall. And so I think that the person who would listen to this podcast is Horatio from Hamlet, because I think that he is that sense of guidance and comfort. And I, I feel like I could sit down with Horatio and Daniel and Montgomery and just talk about Shakespeare and talk about theater and talk about the difficulties that we're going through and the the things that we're experiencing and and communally try to maybe solve those problems and not even solve them but like address them and just putting them out there means that other people are going through them too and I I just think that Horatio would be all for it he is such a comforting presence and he is thoughtful and he is kind and he is supportive 
And that is the the absolute vibe that I get from these two hosts. So if you're looking for just nice vibes, good vibes, this, this podcast is all about vibes anyway. So if you're looking for good vibes, check out This Wooden O. Okay, next up is What Ho A Rat. This is hosted by Ray and Mikey, and in season one, they discuss why Hamlet is an asshole, question mark, period. It's, it's a full stop. He is. Uh, this this podcast is super fun and super funny. It has a lot of the same vibes as uh, Not Another Shakespeare podcast, where you know, you've got one host who is a little bit more... I guess, experienced in Shakespeare and another who is kind of like interjecting with thoughts and, you know, what the Fs uh, and a bunch of the different plot points. But I like that they've taken one play and spent a long time on it. And these two guys are so funny. I laugh out loud every single episode listening to this podcast. And uh, when they were on <laughs> when they were on for Test Too Much to talk about Hamlet, I laughed so much recording it, editing it, listening back to it. There are just some people who are able to take Shakespeare and just make it so alarmingly funny. And Mikey and Ray are two of those people. So the character that I think the character is plural. I'm I'm taking kind of a little leeway on this. The characters that I think would listen to this podcast are the entire cast of a Midsummer Night's Dream, but in Act Five. So Act Five, Scene Two, I think it is, with the play within the play, when you've got the mechanicals on stage just trying to do a play. They're just trying to do their thing. And then you've got Demetrius and Theseus and Lysander in the audience just like heckling. This podcast is is full on heckling vibes. And I say that with all the love in my heart for people who are able to heckle. It I can't um because it scares me because <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a baby and I get so anxious uh, at the idea of heckling, but there are some people who are so clever and so funny. And I mean one distinction is that the characters in A Midsummer Night's Dream are are punching down, right? Like they are not being, they're heckling, but like in a mean way. And it kind of shows that like uh, elitist uh, approach to like every, being superior to everyone. And that's not really, you can't really have that vibe with a Shakespeare podcast because there's no punching down on Shakespeare. Like everyone has tried to lift him up so high that there's really no way anyone could possibly punch down. So it doesn't have that kind of like mean-spirited vibe, but it does have that like very, very funny heckly vibe that points out all of the things that are absolutely wrong with the play that they're talking about and the characters, um, but not in like a people are performing it at the time mean sort of way. So it's very funny. I can almost guarantee that you will laugh out loud uh, sitting in your car or your desk or wherever you listen to podcasts. People are definitely going to look at you while you're listening because you're laughing a lot, um, but it is a joy to listen to. So that is What Ho a Rat with Ray and Mikey. Next up, we've got one of the podcasts on this list that when I listen to it, I think, wow. And also, this is why I host a podcast where I don't have to prepare anything because this is so the amount of work that they put into this show is one of the most admirable things I have ever listened to. So this is Shakespeare Anyone with Elise Sharp and Corey Lee Smith. And oh, 
My goodness. I'm going to read you their description of the show uh, because I could never even try to put it in better words than they do. So Shakespeare Anyone is co-hosted by Elise Sharp and Corey Lee Smith, two professional actors and hobbyist Shakespeare scholars. Join us as we explore Shakespeare's plays through as many lenses as we can by looking at the text and how the text is viewed through modern lenses of feminism, racism, classism, colonialism, nationalism, all the isms. We will discuss how his plays shaped both the past and present and look at how his work was performed throughout various periods of time, all while trying our best to approach his works without giving in to bardolatry. We examine one play at a time for an extended window of time interspersed with many episodes about Shakespeare's time for context. Episodes are released every other week. Y'all, I can never under I will never understand how they have time for this show because they read full books, several books for each episode and the information that they are able able to develop across their series of episodes for each play is astounding. Their series on Hamlet like literally changed the entire way that I think about Hamlet. And I have thought a lot about Hamlet. Like I have thought a lot about that play, but they completely blew my mind in ways that I never would have expected with the research that they do and the thought that they put into this show. It is fascinating. It is fun. They're able to deliver massive amounts of information without ever being dull. It is, it's, it's, it's bonkers. It's bananas. They're incredible. They are so smart. And the, the threads that they pull together and the way that they interrogate this text is, is beautiful. And it's just amazing. I'm in awe. Every time I listen to an episode, I am just in awe. The character that I think would listen to this um, podcast is Rosalind, because I think that she is one of the smartest characters in all of Shakespeare and still has a sense of whimsy about her. She's still able to be funny and interesting and fun and and be part of the world, right? Because sometimes you get so deep in in uh, research or, or you, you don't want to turn into a Prospero, right? You don't want to be that kind of character where you are ignoring all of the duties of the world, huddled in your, your, your hole with all of your books and you're just reading, reading, reading to read, but you don't have any kind of sense of the world around you. They have such a brilliant sense of the world. And I think that Rosalind has the same thing. She's so smart and she's so aware. She's got that book smart and street smart kind of uh, all wrapped into one. And I think she would really appreciate and love Shakespeare anyone. All right. So now we are moving into our interview format shows. There is, again, no way I can cover all of the podcasts that are out there, but throwing in some of my favorites and really hope that if there are other shows that you know and love, you shout them my way because I would love to listen to them. So starting with our interview format shows, I'm going to say one of my favorites, but that that's just redundant because that's this whole episode. But this is Women in Shakespeare with Dr. Varsha Panjwani. From her words, Women in Shakespeare features conversations with diverse creatives and academics who are involved in making and interpreting Shakespeare. In the conversations, we find out both how Shakespeare is used to amplify the voices of women today and how women are redefining the world's most famous writer. Series one is sponsored by NYU Global Faculty Fund Award. So the second part of this description, uh, talking about how women are redefining the world's most famous writer, that is what this show does so incredibly well. The guests that Varsha has on are these incredible artists, authors, directors, intimacy coordinators. There are so many 
voices that you just don't get to hear in mainstream release of of Shakespeare criticism or interviews. And this is one of those shows that I feel like should be just everywhere. Everyone should be listening to this show. I don't care who you are or if you like Shakespeare, because I think there's something so important about the conversations that they're having and the way that they're taking these 450-year-old texts and dissecting them and examining them in a new and purposeful way. Uh, This podcast is changing the way I think about Shakespeare every time I listen to it. And I just, I love it. So the character that I think, I this is just, I'm just going to call this episode gushing about people that I respect and admire. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit on the nose again for this one, because I think that Beatrice is the character that would listen to this podcast. And uh, I've had Varsha on and we've talked about Beatrice and how wonderful she is. So it feels kind of like cheating, but I do think it's true. Because I think there's something so fiercely strong and there's such a a, a fighting spirit in Beatrice that she does. She knows the world that she's living in and the restrictions that she is facing as a woman in her world. And that is what this show is breaking down. And Beatrice would, she would be standing up, cheering and clapping in every single interview. She would be she would be pushing this show to everyone that she knows and you should too uh because she's so smart and so thoughtful and so fierce and full of compassion and intelligence and fervor for making a difference and making a change in a world that it's difficult for her to do that so that's why i think that beatrice would listen to women in shakespeare All right. So the next one is another show that, oh, the amount of time, thought and research that goes into this show, I have such massive admiration for. And this is That Shakespeare Life hosted by Cassidy Cash. This is a show that takes you beyond the curtain and into the real life of William Shakespeare. And I have learned so much about Shakespeare's life and time through this podcast. I have, a, I have a master's degree in early modern English, and I have learned more from this podcast maybe than in that program. But the the way that Cassidy pulls in guests from all sorts of backgrounds, and it's not about the plays, really. I mean, it's a, it, it is like it's a, it's a show about Shakespeare and they they tie things into the plays and characters and you know real life characters and all that but like it's more about the world that he was living in the world that Shakespeare was living in because if we can understand his world we can start to understand more about the characters that are part of it and so I struggled with this one because I thought it was really difficult to to capture what Cassidy is doing for the world of Shakespeare from a, a really thoughtful and nuanced and and really intelligent perspective. And I think that the character that I landed on is, is Don Pedro from Much Ado. Now, Don Pedro is one of my favorite characters because he is so calm and he's so... I mean, I know we have like the whole stuff with the wedding, but we're going to take like the 90% of Don Pedro that's in the rest of the play. He's so calm and he's so observant. And I think that's the piece that really connects with this podcast for me is that Cassidy is able to take information that she gets herself and from her interview guests and bring it all together to make these observations on the plays and characters. And that's what Don Pedro does. He's a he is a, a master of bringing things together. He kind of coordinates things and and 
is able to not manipulate people, but like push people in the right direction. And he sincerely cares for the people that are around him. And I think that that level of care and education and leadership is something that Cassidy brings to the table of Shakespeare podcast world. So I think that Don Pedro would really love to just like sit back in his study, listen to this podcast, get the information that he needs to start making those connections on his own and uh, supporting the connections that that the podcast has made for him. It's so interesting and it's so calm and and soothing in a way. There's so much good information. And again, I don't know how they do it, but they managed to, to take this like massive amount of really detailed info and not make it boring at all. It's so fascinating. You listen and you just kind of get sucked into this world. And I think that's a, a, a characteristic of Don Pedro that I can really see vibing with this show. Next up is Bowls with the Bard, hosted by Cakes. And this is Shakespeare for the stoners. In her words, Shakespeare is typically seen as being difficult to approach. But if people can talk about it while high, maybe it's not as intimidating as you think. Stoners are typically stereotyped as stupid, but maybe if they can approach Shakespeare after smoking weed, they aren't as dumb as you think. Join us as we challenge traditional norms in Shakespeare and society at large. One of the things that this podcast is so, so impressive doing is bringing in guests from all different spaces in the Shakespeare world. There are so many different perspectives and underrepresented groups that are given a voice through this podcast, and it's a really great way to dive into those different areas of Shakespeare and performance with people who are actually experiencing those things in Shakespeare and performance. And so I highly recommend this podcast. It is fascinating, and it's so important to be able to see some of these issues from first-person perspective. And I think that the the character that would listen to this podcast is... Brutus, uh, because I think that Brutus is the type of character to tackle hard conversations head on. He is one of the most thoughtful characters in all of Shakespeare. And I honestly, I still don't know. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? We'll never know. People aren't necessarily put into blocks of good or bad, but he challenges the kind of stereotyping of Shakespeare characters as villains or heroes. And I think that's one of the things that this podcast is doing so well is taking a traditional stereotype of stoners and eliminating that completely. And they're just brilliant people who are willing to share their ideas and thoughts and experiences. And that's something that that Brutus does as well. He kind of breaks the mold of traditionally stereotyped characters and carves his own path in his own type of way he is he is smart he approaches things with calmness and a little bit of of humor personality he's able to take big personalities around him and harness them into a way that they can all work together so he's taking a lot of different voices from a lot of different places and really thinking through how to manage them and move forward in the best possible way. So I think that I think Brutus would really appreciate what Bowls with the Bard is is doing as as a show. And I think he'd I think he'd enjoy it. I can see him sitting out on his like little patio, uh, you know, doing doing his nighttime hanging out outside his bed, making Portia mad, you know, uh, listening to a podcast. He definitely seems like that guy. He's he's definitely a podcast guy. I will say that. Um, and I think he'd really love Bulls with the Bard. 
Okay, we've got a couple more on my list. Uh, I've got the next one I'm so excited about. This is another podcast that I just devoured entirely when the first season came out, and it is Owning Shakespeare, hosted by Rob Miles. In his words, every episode sees a different text detective take a deep dive into a single Shakespeare speech of their choice. The mission to unlock the creative opportunities embedded in the text and wield these discoveries in performance. Discover the craft and graft of acting Shakespeare with insights and anecdotes from theater luminaries and exciting new talents alike. Y'all, this show is my dream. They take one speech. So Rob has an actor on and they take one speech and they go through just the first. They read it through the first time with no intonation, no acting, no thought, no anything. And then they take every line, word, punctuation, thought, feeling, and they dissect it. They dive into the text. Why could I play it one way versus another way? Why would I do that? How could I do that? What does this mean? What's my acting journey? How am I taking all of these words? And I could play this six different ways, but I'm going to choose this one. And then at the end, they give a delivery of the speech with all of those choices and realizations and discoveries. And oh, it is so great. And it's so it's a break in the format, too, right? Because you've got some shows that cover one play per episode. You've got other shows that use several episodes to cover one play. But you've got each episode covers just one speech. And that level of detail. Oh, I feel like we never get it anywhere. Like there's just so much information in Shakespeare and so much to talk about. But Rob is so patient and so thoughtful and so detailed in these episodes. Also, can we talk about the the guest list on this show? We've got Ajoa Ando. We've got Deborah Ann Bird. We've got Austin Titchener. We've got Patterson Joseph. It is a just, I mean, masterclass. If you are interested in acting at all, listen to this podcast and it will entirely change. Uh, your approach and your life uh, as it has mine. So the character, I almost forgot what I was doing with this. The character that I think would listen to owning Shakespeare is Hamlet. And I know some people have strong feelings about Hamlet, but he's good at one thing and it is thinking. He dissects information and, and, and one action and spends four hours pondering that one action, right? This is the, the epitome of I don't want to say overthinking because I think that has a negative connotation with it that I don't want to associate with this podcast, but he is is giving so much thought to this thing and he is patient and dissects every single movement, action and word in a way that this podcast covers. So again, recommend it. I'm recommending all of these. So that's nothing new, but I really, I really love this show. Next up, speaking of Austin Titchener, uh, one of the guests on Owning Shakespeare, we've got his actual podcast, the Reduced Shakespeare podcast. Y'all, at the start of December, so just a couple of weeks ago, the Reduced Shakespeare podcast turned 16 years old. Austin has been doing this for 16 years. This is, I mean, uh, how? Um, I'm so impressed and so amazed. And again, the guests that Austin has on all walks of theater life, all different parts of production, all different perspectives. And they bring so much energy, intelligence, thoughtfulness, creativity to the table, which all of those things Austin has in in millions. So the the energy on this show is always so 
incredible and I love listening to it. Um, I I could make uh, like a, a Prospero or a Lear joke with like who I think would listen to this because it's so old. Um, and Austin, I'm not calling you old at all. So I'm not going to make that joke. But I just like think the vastness of 16 years of podcasting is just like the most impressive thing in the world. Um, but in reality, I am going to say that I think Hal would listen to this podcast because there's something that Austin does so well and it is create humor out of not not create not making fun of serious situations but creating humor and depth and warmth in topics that are serious and important everything always has kindness to it and energy and fun and laughter and joy and I think that's something that Hal as a character is really good at there's so much growth that he goes through as a character first of all but I think seeing that ability to inspire in situations that can sometimes be difficult. Acting is a hard world to live in, but it kind of feels listening to this podcast that you've got Austin in your corner, whatever you're doing and whatever people are going through as they're having these discussions. It's like Austin is their biggest cheerleader. And I really feel that leadership of this community, bringing everyone together, inspiring them all and giving them their space to shine and talk about the things that they've done. It feels like a, like a how move. It feels like something that how would have a tavern full of people and ask them their thoughts and ask them their experiences and really be there to to cheer them on. And that's the warmth and joy and support that I feel from the Reduce Shakespeare podcast. All right, that that last uh, podcast, 16 years old. Now it's time to talk about an actual teenager. So a teenage take on Shakespeare is Annabelle Higgins' new podcast. It is not out for release yet, but she has been recording. And I can tell you with certainty that these episodes are going to be so fresh and fun. Everyone knows that the first introduction, usually for people in Shakespeare, is high school as teenagers, Right. So why don't we ever ask them for their thoughts and their opinions? We're so busy saying all these things about Shakespeare and analyzing Shakespeare from our adult perspectives. If we paused and asked a teenager maybe once what they think and what they're bringing to the table, I think it could open a lot of eyes for a new perspective. So that's exactly what Annabelle is doing. I'm so, so proud of the work that she's done on this. And it's it's going to be great. You're going to love it. So make sure that you are following. Again, everything's in the show notes, following her on social media so you can see when the episodes are released. Now, the character that I think would listen to this is Juliet from Romeo and Her. And again, I know she's like the quintessential teenager in Shakespeare. But the reason is because she is breaking down the barrier in the way that she approaches the rules of her society in the same kind of way that Annabelle is doing for all of teenagers in the Shakespeare academic world. A lot of times there's a lot of gatekeepy stuff happening. And one of the best things about all of these podcasts is that there is none of that BS in any of them. They are all open and welcoming and accepting. And that's crucial in this space. But it hasn't always been that way and it still isn't that way for a lot of people. And so little by little, as we're having this media to start breaking down those walls, I think it's important to to share it out. So 
Juliet would love what Annabelle is doing here. She's taking decisions into her own hands. She's not waiting for someone else. She is taking the world by storm and she is starting her own thing. Juliet 100% would appreciate that. She would be tearing down walls and barging into spaces and turning some heads. So I think that Juliet would really love the conversations that Annabelle is having with all of her guests and who are not just teenagers who are from all across the world of Shakespeare, but she's offering her very unique perspective in that conversation. And I I love it. I think it's so great when someone starts a new podcast on Shakespeare because it gives me something else good to listen to. And I just love all of the content and all of the different ways that we are tackling this content from top to bottom. All right, we're at the end. We're at the end of the road. And I've got one more show that I want to shout out because I would be remiss in doing a whole podcast on Shakespeare podcast without acknowledging the podcast that made me want to start my own Shakespeare podcast. And that is, of course, No Holds Barred with Dan and Kevin. Now, this show brought me so much joy in a time where I desperately needed it. I had just moved to a new place and my relationship with Shakespeare was a little bit rocky. I felt like I had been yelling about these things that were important to me for a very long time, but to no one and nowhere. And so to find No Holds Barred and find people who had the same kind of sense of chaos and whimsy about the text that I did, knowing that other people were out there who had these experiences and wanted to bring positive experiences to other people changed the entire way I thought about Shakespeare content creation because I wasn't thinking about it before, right? I had, I had a D&D podcast and I hadn't really explored the way that I could make something of of my own in the Shakespeare world because it felt like that world wasn't open to fun, um, which I'm realizing now isn't true. There is stuff out there and there was stuff out there at the time. I just didn't know how to access it. I didn't know where it was. The only podcasts that I knew existed were straight up, straightforward summary podcasts, which are so useful and so helpful to so many people. But I was looking for something different. And so in Barge, Dan and Kevin, uh, with their lightning round matchups, their uh, vocabulary lessons, they didn't have a traditional Shakespeare podcast structure. And that blew my absolute mind. And it is where I got the inspiration to start Protest Too Much. And I could not be more grateful for the work that they put into this show for so long. Maybe one day it'll come back, uh, crossing my fingers. Uh, but, you know, we'll we'll see. Lives are, are difficult and busy and wild. And I just appreciate that we've got so much backlog uh, that we can listen to. So the character that I think would listen to this show is Juliet's nurse, because there is, like I said, a healthy dose of chaos, but it's totally supportive of the Shakespeare experience and works as like a guide to introduce someone into the world of Shakespeare with a little bit of humor and whimsy and fun. And and that's a terrain that's difficult to navigate for a lot of people, but kind of like the way the nurse kind of bustles Juliet in and out of things and, and gives her that endless support and enthusiasm. I think that that she would really appreciate the approach that Dan and Kevin took to No Holds Barred. So that's it. That's my that's my roundup. Um, I hope that any of this was was coherent rambling. Um, I know it was just a lot of me gushing and saying that these shows are amazing, but I'm going to run through them one more time and make sure to catch the show notes where you can listen to them. So we've talked about not another Shakespeare podcast. This Shakespeare is gay. This wouldn't. Oh, what ho a rat Shakespeare. Anyone 
Women in Shakespeare, That Shakespeare Life, Bulls with the Bard, Owning Shakespeare, The Reduced Shakespeare Podcast, A Teenage Take on Shakespeare, and No Holds Barred. All great names, by the way. Uh, A-plus naming conventions. It's hard to name a podcast and everyone's just like hit bangers after banger. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that in this holiday season, you show some support for these shows because it is very difficult to produce a Shakespeare podcast consistently every week. It's hard work, but it's so rewarding to know that even just one person is listening. And so the best gift you can give podcasters this season is to give them a rating, give them a like, a share, uh, a, a tell a friend, just share their work and expose more people to the brilliant, brilliant stuff that they're doing. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to every single content creator on this list and off of it. Uh, if you have a Shakespeare show that is not on this list, please let me know what I've been missing. You're all wonderful and I love you all and I hope you have a great rest of your week. <laughs>